0: Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast, I'm Joshua Braswell. On this week's
1: episode, we'll be talking about the one-year anniversary of confluence in Cramerton. We'll discuss what has transpired this past year and what's on tap in the future. Christmas is in the air in Gaston County. In addition to Christmastown USA firing things up on December 1st, every town around Gaston County has Christmas parades and holiday markets on tap. Check out the community calendar at gastongov.com to find your favorite. Welcome into to another edition of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Adam Gobb, alongside Gavin Stewart. We're talking today with John Sterby and April Halterman with the Catawba Riverkeeper, And we're talking specifically today about Confluence, which has now been around for over a year. They've just celebrated their one-year anniversary. First, welcome into the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. So I wanted to ask kind of just for, for people that don't know, what is Confluence and, and where did the idea for Confluence come from?
2: So Confluence is an arts, music, and recreation community center in downtown Cramerton, right on the main strip uh, there uh, between Mayworths and Screamo Taco. Uh, It's the big blue building. You can't miss it if you're driving through downtown Cramerton, it'll jump right out at you. And it is a place for the community to come around, uh, come together around arts, music, recreation, and the river.
1: So was this something that was years in the making was this something that just kind of an opportunity to present itself and it came together really quickly
2: uh, a little bit of both. Um, the conversation about having this type of space in Cramerton was years in the making. Um, there, there's there been a lot of turnover in downtown Cramerton as far as uh, storefront businesses. And then uh, during COVID, uh, several of the businesses uh, were forced to close because of the type of business they were. They weren't able to stay open. Sure. And so it left a couple of vacancies there. And the conversation's kind of ramped up to what what could be there uh what kind of opportunities obviously the town wanted to have something that was going to bring traffic bring people yep. bring visitors um and and you know an insurance agent's office doesn't necessarily uh, <laughs> uh deliver that kind of traffic so there was an interest in that, and the and the town parks and rec had really been searching for a way to bring parks and rec programming into downtown. Sure, they have a great rec center up, uh, you know, up the road and up the hill, but uh, having parks and rec activities in downtown Cramerton right on the river, was a a real um, intentional need for the town. And so those conversations started happening. And then um, once it kind of got rolling, then it moved pretty fast. Uh, The town uh, recognized that uh, with the success that we had had in opening the boathouse in McAdenville and the mm-hmm. river room in McAdenville, that we had the ability to execute on those kinds of spaces and asked us to be the operator of this space in partnership with the town. And so uh, they gave us a grant to build out the space and it was you know, beautifully designed and built out. It got built much, much quicker than we expected it to because uh, the, the infrastructure was actually really great. We didn't have to do a whole lot to the space. So once it got going, it moved pretty fast.
1: that's one of those like really happy surprises because most of the time when you hear about construction projects it's like oh the materials are way more expensive or oh there were all these delays and it took us a year longer so it's like oh we got done faster than we anticipated that's cool (laughs) yeah
2: yeah it actually created some challenges for us because we thought it was going to take about six months longer and the river room and confluence ended up opening within about two months of each other that was not really planned to have two new spaces open in a short period of time
1: but what i mean both of those combined like what cool new avenues for people to kind of come together and and enjoy um just getting together with friends family um and and celebrating the arts in gaston county like i mean just you know in such a short period of time like that's so huge
2: yeah i mean we we really feel like engagement with the river and all things around the river are going to help drive awareness of our of our mission yep. to preserve and protect the river so if we can find ways to get you to engage uh, in a way that maybe you already would would be interested in uh whether that's art or music or you know renting a kayak or renting a bike uh that's a win for us as an organization and uh being able to activate uh mcaddenville and McA- and cramerton is kind of a a, a nice bonus
1: yeah absolutely April, you're fairly new to this role, right? Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> what what drew you to to working for the riverkeeper and and um you know what excites you about kind of the the position that you're in?
3: Um yeah, I've always had a passion for the environment, and the work Patabo riverkeeper is doing is super impactful um. And personally, I have a passion for art, music, and recreation. And it's kind of rare you find a space in a workplace where you can do what you're passionate about and really impact the surrounding area as well. So, and just seemed like a great organization to work for. And John really sold me when I, <laughs> when I came into interviews. so yeah,
1: it's it's always nice when you're standing next to your boss. and it's like, yeah, no, it's really great. Everything's great.
3: It's awesome. <laughs> Super good. Yeah, what yeah, else are yeah. you going to say, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it's worse. No, just kidding. So
1: you guys have done a lot of really cool inventive things over the past year. I mean, you had ForkFest, which was, I mean, I was talking to Gavin a little bit about that. I mean, just what a what a cool idea to literally do a floating concert.
2: Yeah, it's um, one of the cool things about Confluence and and what we've tried to empower April to do is the sky's a limit on ideas. There's, there's really no boundaries to what we can and, and will do there. Uh, the Floating Concert's a great example of that. I mean, that was just an idea. We were sitting around having some beers one night after work and threw it out to Greg Nance, who is our resident recreation expert on the water. And he said, yeah, I think we can do that. And uh, it, it took about six or seven months to figure out exactly how we were gonna do it, right. but uh, it turned out really cool. and. You know, around, you know, we just, you mentioned we just celebrated our one year anniversary. And as we were coming into that, we realized that you know, if we were really gonna maximize Confluence and, and uh, activate it around those three pillars of arts, music, and recreation, we really needed somebody whose full-time job was to focus on the space and really coming up with great ideas and a way to activate it. So um, that's how April's position was created. Mm. And uh, it's it goes, her position goes beyond just Confluence, but really it's centered on um, how do we use Confluence to activate the community
0: around uh, protection of the river. Mm. So the, the floating festival, obviously like a huge, um, that was a huge moment I would say for confluence and just the, the town, the, the two towns in general, um, you know, for those who may not be aware, what kind of acts and what kind of festival shows, uh, just events in general, you know, did you celebrate over the last year? And, um, you know, maybe the other half of that question, maybe this is for April. Um, what do you want to, what do you intend to do in the second year? You know, what do you want to bring on?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll take the first half and then you can take the second sure. half. So the first year was really about piloting a bunch of things and seeing what sticks, you know, and we, we tried several things that are not going to come back okay. <laughs> because a couple of people showed up and sure. it wasn't really that fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we've, we've realized a couple of things that really surprised us that, that are definitely going to be a part of it. Um, you know, our, our Sunday afternoon that we call crafternoon. noon. Uh, mm. We weren't sure what that was going to turn into, but now it's, you know, 10, 12 people hanging out on, on Sunday afternoon doing some kind of uh, arts and crafts. Um, that just was a, an idea that, hey, we want to get some people involved that are outside of our organization, and it's turned out to be pretty cool. Um, we just had our Rumination Arts Festival to celebrate our one-year anniversary this past Saturday, and one thing we've learned about arts is when we connect them with kids – we're going to have a huge crowd so we had tons of kids in confluence all day on saturday making you know everything from uh plastic uh flowers out of out of uh, plastic bottles to painting rocks and making little mini uh canvases to chalk art in the on the street and the sidewalk so kids art is really uh something that's been wildly successful Um, anything that, uh, gets people, uh, out on the trails and on the greenways has been really successful. So, uh, you know, we've tried a lot of different things and, and, you know, some of that is informing what April is going to program, uh, in the next year.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, talk about just an awesome turnout for the art festival. That was really cool to see. And I, I personally got to lead a little a little section with the kids oh awesome yeah it was so fun um so it was great for me because i hadn't had the chance yet to really connect with the kids yet in the area so that was super fun but yeah i mean programming coming up for next year we just had a huge staff retreat and you know ideas are always oh yeah you know fully accepted and you know it's you can just kind of say whatever you want. And then hopefully your your peers are like, okay, that's either a really good idea or a really bad idea. <laughs> um, is
1: that one of those where it's like, I'm going to need a couple more beers before that's a good idea. <laughs>
3: <laughs> some of them are for sure. Yeah. Um, but coming into next year, one thing that um, I, I'm i going to really try and lean into is activating the space more with recreation. So hmm. we're, we're talking about um, having some form of races, Uh, and I say races plural because we're not quite sure exactly what they're going to look like yet, but that's something that we're definitely um, on track to really focus on, and um, the arts programming, of course, is definitely going to be more present, Um, and my thing is I would love to see this space have something happening every night, Mm. so whether that be trivia or game night or, you know... um, afternoon happening more frequently or more kids programming, we're, we're really going to try and do more um, than we have before, which is going to be pretty cool. So, yeah. And
2: one of the cool things about Confluence is it, it, it truly is a community center. So people bring ideas to us of things that they want to do. We have the flexibility to do that. So a good example of that this year was Zumba, Um, we had been doing yoga on Saturday mornings and we had a group of folks, um, from Cramerton who said, Hey, you know, we'd really love to do a more like active, uh, exercise, uh, group. And so town, uh, town of Cramerton parks and rec went out and found a Zumba instructor and, um, they've been wildly successful. And so they've been doing them, I think two Saturdays a month. Um, and there's, you know, 12, 15, 20 people in there doing Zumba on a Saturday morning. And, You know, that's not something that every for-profit business has the flexibility to do that, of just kind of create something because there has to be, you know, uh, a a profit motive if you're running a private gym or something like that. And we have the freedom and flexibility that we don't have to be hindered by that because every single program we do does not have to be wildly profitable. If it's adding value back to the community um, and it's adding value back to the organization, then it's worth doing for us.
1: So talk a little bit more about like kind of how that works. Cause it's, I mean, the Riverkeeper itself is a nonprofit and then basically you operate both Confluence and the River Room as kind of arms of that main organization, right?
2: That's right. So in the nonprofit space, the term earned revenue is kind of the the terminology for the money that you make that is uh, quote unquote for profit uh, mm-hmm. in its approach. So, you know, uh, people are familiar with a place like the shield museum so admissions would be earned revenue for the shield museum so for us you know we can't stand at the banks of the river and charge people admission to get on there (laughs) uh, you know they're the waters of the united states so we've tried to find other ways that we could use engagement with the water to fund protection of the water Mm. Um, and that that earned revenue for us has been around um renting kayaks and and uh, taking people on trips on different parts of the river operating retail spaces like confluence and river room and the boathouse um and, and they've been a nice addition to our overall um revenue model so this year those retail spaces are going to account for about 20 percent of our total revenue so wow. it's really a, a a way for us to not only reach a lot more people um and kind of tell our story but also um you know generate some revenue to turn around and, and protect water quality in the region
1: mm-hmm.
0: i'm curious to know what you've learned over the last year uh, and I know April's new but and maybe maybe she can add a little bit to it but um, yeah I mean kind of going off what you were saying about the Zumba thing kind of learning you know you've been in Cramerton and McCaddenville for a little while um, but I'm sure you continue to learn more about the community and more just about what folks are interested in so tell me what you've learned
3: well I mean just being here almost a month and a half I've learned that nothing stays the same right I mean just the way that people interact in the spaces is different every week, and it just—it really just depends on, you know, how we get the message out there. Um, I think that's a huge thing that, that I've learned personally, and just, you know, there are so many different types of people that you can reach that have different interests. So thinking about how you can program the space and communicate to everyone in a way that makes sense for them in that community is, is pretty huge. That's my big lesson so far.
2: Yeah, I would, I would tag on to that and say, we've learned that if you find something that you think is a good idea and starts to work, um, sticking to it and staying consistent is really important. You know, Friday night music has been a, a good example of that for us. First couple Friday nights, you know, if there were 20 people in there, we were feeling pretty good about ourselves. Yeah. And now, you know, we routinely have hundred, 150 people. And if we have a, a big local Act like a David Childers or somebody like that. We'll have two hundred plus people in there, and so it's um it that's been kind of my message as April has come on is you know let's let's build out a consistent schedule and try to stick to it even when it doesn't feel like it it maybe is getting traction because. You really have to build that community. You know the reason Friday night live music has become really popular is there's a community around it. Right. You know you you know that there's going to be people who um, are interested in listening to great music and having a good time, but in a very casual atmosphere. It's not a it's not a concert per se where you're you know have to be quiet and you know and sit and quietly listen. So building that community has really been kind of the the thing that we're trying to focus on in 2024. Um, to, you know, kind of take that next step
1: And looking at some of the, the acts that you brought in. I mean, obviously, you know, it's great having somebody like David Childers kind of in, in your backyard, but I mean, you guys have gone out of state. I mean, you brought in acts from kind of you know, all over the, the country really.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been able to, um, kind of reach out and find people passing through Uh, Steph Newman, who, uh, is responsible for booking all of our musical acts. Um, she's got a good network across the Southeast. And so, you know, she'll be paying attention to somebody who's playing in Richmond on a Thursday night and maybe, you know, Greenville, South Carolina on Saturday Mm. and grab them and say, Hey, you know, do you have room to pop a show in here on Friday in in Cramerton? And we've, we've been lucky to get some of those acts. Um, uh, so those have been good. And, and we've also kind of leaned on our own personal network. Like the, it's amazing when we started to put the word out about Catawba Riverkeeper has a music space, Mm -hmm. like all these water people, who were in bands started coming out. The, the group that's playing this Friday is a bluegrass band of a bunch of guys that live up on Lake James. Hmm. And one of them is uh, one of our uh, members, real active members and donors up there. Okay. And when he heard we had confluence, he's like, I wanna get my band down there. They've played there, this will be the third time they've played there and every time they've drawn a huge crowd. And so nice. um, it's just kind of getting the word out has been you know, successful for Friday night music.
0: Is is there um? There's a balance, or correct me if I'm wrong. Some of the shows have most of them have been free, but then some are ticketed, or is it the opposite way?
2: Yeah, occasionally we have a ticketed show. Okay. Usually it's um, it's an act that has a little bigger following, and and by nature has a little bit bigger expense for us. Uh, we kind of have a. An equation that if if we can get the act for under a certain amount of money, um, then we'll do it for free. If their fee goes over a certain amount, then we we charge a small cover charge.
0: Yeah, and you've you've found success. It, it, I mean, I think sometimes people have a hard time understanding what a cover charge is. But are you seeing success despite having to charge sometimes for those bigger acts? Like, are you still bringing in those you know dozens of people?
2: Yeah. It, usually, if they if we're charging a cover, they've already got some kind of regional following. So there's somebody out there in Charlotte
0: who has been dying to see them, and that's you awesome. know, paying
2: ten bucks is not going to
0: be a big deal for them. Is there a particular genre that's been more popular than others? Um,
2: I mean, we've been kind of all over the place. Uh, I, I would say Americana uh, is really popular, you know, with our kind of core crowd. So you know, that mix of country and bluegrass and um, and and rock uh, that seems to come through. Uh, fork fest we're planning fork fest 24 and it's going to move to labor day weekend and it's really going to be focused on bluegrass um there's not really a bluegrass festival in charlotte there's some out like up in the mountains up in floyd virginia and things like that but um so we're going to really focus fork fest in on on bluegrass uh, in 2024 um, because there's a, a growing interest in bluegrass in the region
0: cool we also we saw Steph Newman at uh, Woman Who Rock like a few weeks ago, and we like briefly waved at each other, and then I didn't get a chance to say hey to her. So tell her I said hey, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad about that. <laughs> I was like, hey, and then bye. On a little bit of a different note, but just going from from music
1: uh, back to arts, one of the things I saw that you guys had over the year um, was that you had kind of an artist in residence. You had uh, Laura Sexton in, and talk a little bit about kind of the idea behind that and some of the things that she was able to do.
2: Yeah, so the Artist-in-Residence program is something that was a part of the original plan. Um, we have found that it's much more complicated than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, just marketing it and and organizing it and, and making sure that we're supporting the artists. So um, Laura was our uh, has been our only Artist-in-Residence so far, but we have plans to have at least two uh, Artist-in-Residence uh, over the course of 2024. And um, it's really a matter of giving an artist who... Maybe has kind of been dabbling and is ready to either make it a full-time or, or a more intensive, intentional part of their uh, career, uh, a place that they can call their own, and it's a public place. And so we have a studio that's about 500 square feet they get free use of that space. They get a, a stipend to buy materials and equipment. And then we give them the wall space outside their studio to, to display their art. Um, and we do uh, an opening show and a closing show for them. Uh, Laura's lasted um, all summer because she's a, a high school art teacher. So it worked out well. She could roll right off the end of school yep. go into the artist in residence program. And then it lasted until school started back. So, Um, That was a great model for our first one. We certainly learned some things. Laura did a great job and she was really engaging. She was there on a lot of our noons. She led one of those um, and so uh, and her art is very approachable. It, you know, It's something that people can learn to do um, with you know, cutting paper and, and making uh, art out of that. And so uh, certainly can't do it at the same level that Laura can, but it sure. is, is an approachable type of art that is not very um, threatening to people who are just getting started. And so um, Laura was a perfect fit for our first one, and, and we hope to have a couple of uh, artists
1: in residence in 24. So this is this is the point where we get to the end of the, end of the podcast and I go, is there anything else about <laughs> Confluence looking ahead to 2024 or anything that we didn't ask about that you want to touch on? Because I feel like if I don't ask that question, sometimes there's some great information that we end up missing out <laughs> on.
3: No, you're so right. And I'm sure that like we have not covered, I mean, probably a fraction, right, <laughs> of all the stuff that we want to do and all the stuff that we have done in the past. But yeah, I mean, I think for people who are looking to see what Confluence does next, um, really just keep an eye on on our calendar and see what we're going to be doing next year. But we're really going to try and offer something for everybody. And, and that's, that's going to be the goal, I think, moving forward is just, you know, how, how can we have something that every single person could say, oh, I, I think I would really like that. I think my family would really enjoy that. That's going to be our goal for sure moving forward.
2: Yeah. And the other thing I would leave people with, uh, I mentioned it earlier is if you're hearing this and you've got some off the wall idea that is related to arts, music, or recreation, and you just don't have a place to do it, or maybe you've outgrown your little place that you've been doing it in your neighborhood, um, you know, reach out to April and, and sit, come and sit down and talk about it. I mean, confluence is a really flexible space. We've got, um, Almost 2,000 square feet of just open room wow. that can be manipulated in a lot of different ways. We've got AV capabilities there. Uh, we've got, you know, we we've got uh, the bar, so we can do food and beverage service there. Uh, we've got great partners next door uh, with the restaurants there in downtown Cramerton. So if you need food for your event, you know, we can get those folks in. So uh you know i would challenge the community and and when i say the community not just cramerton like all of gaston county and all of the the charlotte region to you know look at us as a place to grow your your event and your activity you know that's what we're here for we're here to help people kind of uh, realize their art or music or recreational dream um and if we can connect it back to the river or if it already connects back to the river, that's a huge bonus for us. You know, it helps us tell that story. Um, uh, we had, we had a rain barrel workshop in there yesterday. Hmm. Um, and so oh, wow. 10 people got to make a rain barrel and capture some of their storm water off their house. Uh, you know, if we ever get any rain this week. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> rain almost seems like a foreign concept at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You made a great point and I was gonna ask about that. I mean, it's like, even though you guys partner with the town of Cramerton, located in Cramerton, like this is really a regional center for, for anybody in Gaston County or even the region to to really take advantage of and, and come and enjoy.
3: For sure, and really no idea is a bad idea. So even if someone thinks it's crazy, we're we'll definitely listen and yeah we just we want to meet more people and get more people in the space and it's it's for the community so
1: you say no idea is a bad idea i don't mm-hmm. know we we do that at staff meetings and i tell my team that but then i throw out ideas and i, I
0: sometimes i'm like yeah they know that that's a bad idea <laughs> 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 hey
3: flag. well at least listen right, right
0: <laughs> i do have an idea perhaps you've already you've already got a plan that i just haven't looked are mm-hmm. you planning on doing like a holiday ornament Workshop maybe for kids. Yeah, nice. Uh, okay. That
3: is in the plan. There will be a crafter noon. I think it is going to be. I think it's scheduled for December tenth, which will be a Sunday. Um, and uh, we will have ornament making that day. So yeah, Christmas programming is in the works for sure. Nice. Um, so yeah, just keep an eye on our calendar online. But yeah, we'll definitely be marketing for some of those events pretty soon here.
2: We say Confluence is the local's alternative to McAdenville. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you uh, are 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 tired of the uh, busyness and traffic of mcaddenville
1: just pop over to to uh, confluence <laughs> yeah we'll there's just a handful a of people respect. that pop into mcaddenville around yeah
3: yeah get away from the christmastown crazies that's right. what i've been calling them i haven't experienced it yet so this will uh, be interesting <laughs> yeah it's,
1: that's that's always fun for law enforcement here like trying to help with the traffic around this time of year it's you know and then you know 85 it's never not busy on 85 so then you add all that traffic it's mm-hmm. it's it's a good time
2: yeah I spoke to some people that were in uh, the river room over the weekend and they were in in Kramer they were in McAddenville looking at houses and they said what would you uh, you know what's your insight on McAddenville <laughs> I said do you like Christmas yeah they're like well yeah I mean yeah it's Christmas right like no like they're, you need to really right like it. Christmas if <laughs> so you're gonna live here <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. there was a uh, I grew up in, in in Tucson. It reminds me of an ad. There was a there was a guy who had a local Mexican food restaurant chain, and uh, Mexican food restaurants are all over the place in Arizona. But you know, his his whole thing was like, if you like Mexican food, I mean, if you really like Mexican food, I feel like that's <laughs> McAdenville. It's like, yeah. do you like Christmas? I mean, do you really, really like, like Christmas? Because right, right. you, you got to be all in.
2: Yeah, um, one twelfth of your year is committed to all things christmas. That's
1: right. That's right. And it's not just like, oh, we'll hang a couple lights. It's like, yeah, you got to <laughs> you got to go all in. Yeah. Yeah. Um it, one of the things that um I'm really excited about is just continuing to see you guys grow. Um, you know, seeing some of these different acts that come in and and just kind of all the different things you're bringing in. I think it's a, a great thing for the community and um it, it just encourage people to to, you know, if they haven't been out to Confluence to to go check it out.
2: Yeah, it, it's the kind of place that you can walk in and you're not ever sure exactly what you might be walking into. There might be a kid's craft going on. There might be a Zumba class. There might be, you know, kayak rentals or people getting on a bike and going on the greenway. Uh, it could just be people hanging out at the bar and in, enjoying themselves on a, a nice afternoon. We've got a you know, roll-up door. It's a beautiful place to just hang out. So, yeah, if you haven't been there, just come in and poke around and see what 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 is in store.
1: Mm-hmm. well in April, you mentioned the website what's that web address for people that want to go check out the you know the the events calendar and, and everything else that you guys have on there and i'm putting you on the spot here <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's co- confluence,
1: confluence south fork
3: confluence south fork,
1: yeah. awesome oh, okay so check out <laughs> confluence Southfork.org. dot org I think I said that right. ConfluenceSouthfork.org. Mm-hmm. Say that five pounds fast. Um, for for all the information that's going on, all the events, and and just ways that you can go check out uh, Confluence, and um, obviously you've got the other stuff on there about River Room and just about everything about Catawba Riverkeeper too. You can you can get to that as well. Um, Want to thank John Sirby and April Halterman from the Catawba Riverkeeper for joining us today. Wish you guys the best of continued success.
3: Thank you so much. Thanks.
1: Mark your calendars, Gaston Max is back, and better than ever. Come to downtown Gastonia on Saturday, March 23rd, to enjoy live music performances, games for kids, interactive art experiences, and much more. The event is free. Be on the lookout for announcements about musical headliners in the months ahead. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. It's produced by the Gaston County Communications Office, with hosts Janet Schaefer, DeAndre Bradley, Elizabeth McGee, and Adam Gobb. Joshua Braswell serves as executive producer, and Gavin Stewart serves as field reporter and producer. Please like us and share reviews on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Next week on the show, we're talking a little bit about Christmas trees, where to find them and why North Carolina is such a wonderful state for finding some of the best in the whole country.